the Koi Gig Pod. I think all the concerns that we have obviously being that middle tier are very valid considering just how much we benefited from playing teams of a higher calibre going into our qualifiers. Subscribe to the feed in the OTB Sports app now. OTB GAA. Hello there and you're very welcome along to episode 42 of the Football Pod. I've got Paddy Andrews with me and I've got James O'Donoghue with me. James, okay. your season isn't over but Legion have been knocked out of the Intermediate Championship and at the weekend, Ratmore were crowned champions. We didn't get talking last week for anyone listening. It wasn't that you decided against speaking about it. We actually recorded Mark O'Connor the Friday beforehand. So, uh, tough week? Tough week. Depressing week. November is depressing enough. Never mind after losing championship match. It was tough week now because that that was the holy grail of the year. Do you know the intermediate championship for us trying to get back up to senior, and um, we were a couple of points up with a couple of minutes to play, and the the grail took um, home of Darashay, Mark Shea, all the boys, Adam McGarrett. Yeah. They they pipped us. They came back, drew, and then we were beaten extra time. So very disappointing. Oh God, it's a sickener. But we're actually not finished, as we've said on the pod before. We have East Kerry Championship now. So oh we're done my who- God, knock on the headlines. This, this is a great Christmas tournament. next week. <laughs> yeah, but no, it's great to get back on the horse. You, to sit out, to, to sit on a loss like that for a couple of months is sickening. Yeah. So you the just, game, you, this you weekend. just keep playing until you win. Like that's what you're doing, Kerry. That's it. Like until it turns. Yeah. Everyone get a medal Kerry. Like everybody wins something. Like. Yeah, yeah, there's medals for everyone at the end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, it's, uh, it's still a big tournament, so it's great to be still involved. Yeah, yeah. Um, did you bring yourself, could you bring yourself to watch the intermediate final between Ratmore and Anguiltucht? Ratmore obviously won Aidan O'Mahony's club. No, I didn't. It was on in Tralee, so I didn't bother. There was junior championship match Fuss and Lestroy. It was on in Clarny, so I went to that instead on the Saturday. So I skipped uh, I skipped that. Too hard to watch. Nah. You don't need to be getting... Lose the same and you're not going into the final. No. I actually couldn't even talk about it. If someone says, how did that game go or whatever, it actually pissed me off. Like, I didn't even want to talk about it for yeah. two seconds. Yeah. There's been plenty said about Clifford's exploits the weekend. The two of them scored 2-12. David and Paddy. Yeah, you know what? Yes, Troy were sensational, were they? They were unlucky. One of the best games I was ever at. Junior Championship what? final. It was unbelievable. No no defending. No interest in defending. Yeah, no, total no football. But... Uh, Lestroy were brilliant got loads of great scores and then Fossa kind of relied on the Clifford's a bit alright but it was fascinating watch serious serious crowd the stand in Killarney was full wow. there was neutrals there from everywhere I think Fossa are going on now to play a crowd from West Limerick and that'll be jammers as well yeah, yeah that'll be unbelievable <laughs> it's just never ending isn't it like it's just you're yeah. on the treadmill you're playing every week no matter what like I think yeah that's the Clifford's 30th game of the year I think which is a lot like so they're in the Munster Junior now, which is going into... They're in this O'Donoghue Cup like, as well. The what? They're in this O'Donoghue Cup with us as well. <laughs> Jesus Christ. They'll be tipping the James O'Donoghue Cup. That's the <laughs> yeah. most made-up competition I've ever fucking heard. Like. No, it's my, it's my grandfather. Take December off. Is it? To feed up. A few pina coladas <laughs> there down in the Shire. You'd be all right. Yes, that's exactly. Into the Shire. Right. It, it was a, a very busy weekend in the football landscape, especially... With the provincials as well in Connacht, Moy Cullen were very, very impressive. They dispatched the Westport by 318 to 111. Desi Keneally putting his hand up as a potential option for Porrick Joyce next year with a very, very impressive performance. He kicked 10. Um, over in London, St. Mary's of Leitrim left it late, but they bet St. Kiernan's by 38 to 18. They scored 2 1 in injury time. 
to win that game and get through. So they'll play Turles Strand and Sligo in the Connacht semi-final and Mike Cullen are taking on Strokes Town versus Common. In Ulster, we had a cracking weekend of action. Aaron's own Cargan from Antrim. That Nave Connell of Donegal, 4-1 on penalties. Ennis Gillen Gales. This was a cracking game. They backed Gauna on penalties, 5-3. It was 2-14 to 1-17 at the end of um, extra time. Kilku hammered Bally Bay, 2-14 to 1-7. Jerome Johnson Sr. had obviously stepped away and Mark Doran was in charge of the Bally Bay side that went down to Kilku. You had Conor Laverty, the current down manager, up against Paul Finley from Bally Bay and Kilku, the All-Ireland champions, come out on top. And then one of the games of the weekend, it was on TV as well, Glenn, 3-10. But Ergil Kieran of Tyrone 112. And, you know, Joe Guz from Ergil Kieran was very impressive up against Connor Glass, who had a monstrous game. And the two Canavans had a couple of uh, smashing moments too. We might actually speak to our special guest about that in a couple of minutes, lads, because Shane McGuigan of Derry is going to be joining us in oh. about five minutes' time. So looking nice forward to that. Shooter. Great to have him on board. Absolutely. And he'd know those Glen boys very well. Shock Neil and Glenn have. Uh, have had quite a rivalry over the last couple of years in Munster Era Og of Clare bet the Nair on Waterford 3-11 to 1-5 they'll go on to face Cairns O'Rahilly of Kerry Cairns O'Rahilly's did I lose an S? is this you're just breaking up there I think okay and then the other game of the weekend Clonmel commercials were very impressive see I can get every other Nemo. county Nemo went to shite Nemo Rangers 111. Uh Nemo put up and they Clomel. peaked against the Bears Clamell had a good win. Big win to be the Bears for them, wasn't it? Like, still, though, you know, traditionally you'd be looking at Nemo going, going deep there. Like, but you were saying, Jimmy, there wasn't that much of a surprise. Well, down here, people were saying that the Bears were strong favourites for that yeah, Cork final. You heard um, that, yeah. And I'd say Nemo put some serious effort into that, even mentally, like to come out on top in that game. So Hard to, to back it up again, to, isn't it? Yeah, maybe to go again was a, a step too far. Yeah, but. That Munster Championship is wide open, no? Wide open, right. yeah. Clonmel Commercials, they bet Nemo with a late, late goal in the Munster final a couple of years ago. They're an impressive yeah. side. They've got the Kennedys, Kevin Fahey. Um, oh, they look very good at the weekend. They Kennedy. were comprehensive winners. Yeah. Michael Quinn have been in midfield, didn't even score. Who typically be playing full forward for tips. So, um, they had so much legs. They had so much pace and legs. Yeah, they just ran through them, didn't they? Yeah, ran it, classy. Yeah. Jason Onigan as well, obviously, it was very impressive. So they play Newcastle West of Limerick in the Munster semi-final. And then this weekend, uh, we have the Leinster semi-finals. It's doubleheader yeah. in Crow Park. Through Crow Park, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Chemical Crokes are up against Port Arlington. And Retote of Mead take on the Downs of West Mead. Um, an interesting quirk in that one. The Downs manager, Lara Wall, was over Gail Columkills in Mead three years ago. And they were going to win their first Mead senior title. They were winning by two points in injury time and Retote bet them with a last minute goal. Um, so I'd say Larry Wall will be looking to get one over Retote once more. So that's the action at the weekend. Um, as I mentioned this weekend, we have the Leinster semi-finals and we have the Connacht semi-finals. There's probably 98 different games happening in Kerry too. So we'll keep an eye on that for you over the weekend. And we'll be back. Don't know who Shield is on, I think. Yes, exactly. You keep Don't going until you win. Is a blitz, does it? <laughs> it's like an adult failure. Like your, what you call your Ireland Globetrotters tournament again that time when you were who did you, you were one direction or who was the north the north the north side team again? <laughs> Dublin Colts the Colts, the Colts. <laughs> yeah that was their Mercedes Benz Dublin trials <laughs> we sponsors in for that like. that's yeah. a that's a nice segue lads into the news well not news but heavily rumoured this week. That um and Paddy, I know I'm not allowed to report on WhatsApp rumors, but this is in the WhatsApp papers. Rumors again. We got no, it was in the, the papers. Corner. 
It was Wolf's WhatsApps. Published by the Mirror and then by How the many Indo. WhatsApp groups are you in? And many WhatsApp groups. Published by the Mirror <laughs> and then the Indo. I can hear the phone vibrating here through the screen. <laughs> have well, you, what's the latest one? Have you heard the news that apparently Pat Gilroy is joining the Dublin management backroom team? Patrick. Pat Gilroy, yeah. Like, yeah. I don't know if you've heard it or what you think of it or whether no, you think I, it'd be I, a good I, move. I've seen it. It was, it was reported last week. Um, Pat's been, you obviously, very unbelievably successful with the football team, with, with the hurlers then after that. Um, it was heavily involved in the background with St. Vincent's as well. And obviously, uh, his professional work uh, outside of GAA is incredibly successful and incredibly busy with that side of things. So he hasn't been probably at the forefront of of coaching the managing team in the last couple of years. Um, but, and I don't know if this is true or not, it, there have been murmurs of it. I think Pat Gilroy is an incredible addition to any group, whether it's as, as the main man or in this case, where you're coming in maybe as a coach or a selector. Um, I think it would be only good news for, for Desi, for the management team, and also for the players. He's a, uh, anyone who's, who's ever worked with him, um, he just he improves a group no matter what the the kind of the attitude the, the focus the mentality there and um, he's walked the walk he was like I say right at the very start of this golden era for, for for Dublin he was the man who kind of lit the spark for the whole thing so if it is true and we don't know if it's true or not you know I'm not massive on WhatsApp rumors but um but I think it'd be great he, he's a brilliant guy um. And it would only be positives, I feel, for for Desi and for those players as well, particularly younger players coming in, which is what obviously Dublin are trying to get. There's obviously an experienced cohort there as well, but, but I'm sure Desi's going to be looking through Division 2 to, to, to try and unearth a few more guys, but having someone like Pat in there as well. Both him and Desi, I, I, I think it'd be great news. I hope it is true. I think it'd be brilliant. Um, but look, we'll have to wait and see. Uh, Pat's not going to be coming out <laughs> doing any uh, interviews about it or anything like that. That wouldn't really be a style. But um, but hopefully it is from a Dublin perspective. I think it'd be great. And I wonder. It's wonder is it kind of like a case of Jared Hulier and Roy Evans that time with Liverpool? Do you remember they were like, almost went joint managers? Like, like, oh, I thought because it, 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 it can be dangerous with uh, with Mayo with, with Rochford going in under McStay. Obviously, it's, it's an interesting dynamic how that's managed because mm. obviously Rochford was the main man and so close to winning the All-Ireland with Mayo. And now he's kind of got in under McStay and then you've got Pat, who obviously is an All-Ireland winner. Um, and potentially he's coming in like there's, there's no... Desi will still be the main man. It's not a joint It's not a joint thing at all. Um, and is this but, Desi's appointment? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There, there wouldn't be any... Um, there wouldn't be any kind of county board stuff like what, like Saudi Arabia, Newcastle, like that type of thing. Like, <laughs> you're, you're taking this fella, that's the end of it. <laughs> no, that would not be uh, Dublin style or, or John Castle style or Pat or Daisy. That definitely wouldn't be the case. Um, so I'm sure that, look, if it is true, they would have had a lot of conversations about this. And Daisy feels, Daisy's the main man. There's no two ways about that. Um, feels that if it is the case, Pat, here's what I'd like you to do. And, for Gillard to go in, he obviously fancies that as well. I, I think it'd be brilliant, but I, I, it's not a, I wouldn't say that's a joint thing. It's an interesting dynamic, though. No, no coach, I do hear because Pat is, is, you know, an unbelievably successful leader in his own right, you know. But is he, is he an out-and-out coach or is he kind of... No, I, I wouldn't, I don't know if Pat would be much on the pitch coaching. Like, I think it'd be more around just, just the whole group 
wider kind of tactical stuff and stuff. But Pat, would he be, he's not going to be doing backs and forwards with the players. I wouldn't yeah. have thought that. No. And that, that's probably, that's where it differs because I know Rochford is a very hands-on coach and by all accounts yeah. a very uh, on-the-pitch, hands-on guy. So maybe that obviously suits what McStay is trying to do. But it, it, look, it's an interesting dynamic with Pat going in because he's not that. He's not a, a Paddy Talley type guy where, where he's going to be on the pitch doing drills every night every night of the season but um, like I say if it's true and there's a caveat there because nothing's been confirmed yet yeah. um, I just think his personality and, and the way he thinks about things in the group would, would only be an addition he's a he's a very impressive guy um, and a very impressive part to have in Dublin's group Okay. Well, we keep an eye on that and if it does get confirmed, yeah. we'll, we'll come back to it and we might look at it in a bit in depth. Maybe at the end of our winter season or early next year when we're back in um, for the National League. So, lads, I think um, we might get our special guest on, Shane McGuigan. Um, he had a smashing season. He was one of the top scorers overall in league and championship. He was second top scorer in the championship, nominated for an All-Star for the second year in a row. He didn't win one, but had a cracking year, won an Ulster title, fell just short of winning a Division 2 title. So let's uh, let's get the man himself on, Shane McGuigan. Yeah. We're back right after this on the Football Pod. All right, you are very welcome back to episode 42 of the Football Pod with Paddy Andrews, James O'Donoghue and our special guest this week, Shane McGuigan of Derry and Schlockmeal. Shane, you're very welcome to the pod. How are things? Thank you very much. Thanks for having me on. Now, I wasn't sure whether you'd be able to join us this afternoon after that outrageous interview that Cristiano Ronaldo did yesterday. Um, (laughs) Paddy Andrews is a massive Ronaldo fan. He went over to Old Trafford just to see Ronaldo. Just to see Ronaldo a couple of weeks ago. Much like one of your heroes, Speed. <laughs> uh, um, get plenty of stick now um, about that comment. Now, to be honest with you, boys. But like, to be honest, this happened right at the start, okay? Are you one of the reasons this man has become famous? <laughs> you got any royalty share? Uh, he, he came up on my TikTok once um, and look, a few of the boys were talking about it and we found it hilarious. But um, to be honest, it was actually... I was coaching one of the school teams, I'm a primary school teacher, and it was one of them. They were mad about the dairy. They're mad under the hype of it, you know. Yeah. And I was just, uh, before the match, they were saying, they all said it during school all the time, but they're like, and then I said it back to them one time, that I'm famous, see? (laughs) And they thought it was, they thought it was hilarious that I even knew this. And then uh, they said, oh, please, please, if you do an interview or if you get on TV, we please, please say it for me. So at the very end, I seen a few of them in the crowd and then I just had a, I had a say it for them. I thought the cameras were all off at the time. I seen a few of them in the crowd and, oh, sure, geez, I've never heard the end of it now. That's funny. <laughs> That's very good. Uh, I'd be right in saying you'd be a fan of a celebration after a goal, would you? <laughs> I, I've, been, I've been known to do, do a few now, to be honest. Yeah, Would you do a shoe, <laughs> blowing kisses, Joe Brownie esque. There must be something in the water up there in Derry. Jesus <laughs> Christ! Like. But Rory like, Gallagher lets you away with celebrating. Ah uh, well, um, the odd time. Uh, if he's win, you'd have to you'd have to push him out of the way to get your celebration in. He's got it on the sideline with the top <laughs> on his head. Like the, the camera just pans down straight away, so we we can do whatever we want. But yeah, 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 yeah. that's fair. That is fair. Yeah. You could you could definitely see it with Derry this year and the fans. There was an energy like he had a group, um, 
at most of the games make an unbelievable noise. And I think maybe that comes when I'm not sure if that was always there when you were winning Division 4 titles in Crow Park. Did it did it just come in the last couple of months? Did it, is there a bit of momentum behind football in Derry at the minute? Uh, I think so. I think, um, well, even we were, we had a gala there at the weekend just to celebrate the Ulster Championship and they were, they kind of touched on that too. Um, they said about how we were averaging just over a couple of hundred supporters um, at the Division 3 and 4 um, games like, so I think the the Donegal game, even though we we got beat by them, um, I think people started to take notice to us then, and people in the county. Um, and then we got the promotion out of Division Three the following year, and then um, there was just that there. There was just a real sense of could this team do something? You know, um, we had a disappointing enough uh, league campaign last year. But even at the likes of the the McKenna Cup or first McKenna Cup game against Monaghan, luck it wasn't a sellout. But you'd be lucky to get twenty people at it, um, yeah. and there was a, there was a, a a good a good crowd that day, and they were expecting um, expecting a good performance, and things just kind of snowballed from then. I don't know, do you know? But I actually tipped you at the start of the year to win Ulster, get promoted. I know you didn't get promoted, and have a rat left the All Ireland. I was first to call it all year. Patty, you disagreed at the time. I don't remember that. Yes. I also backed Tyrone to have a disappointing year. I do remember that. No, you called for Tyrone to be relegated and Potty Hamsey had it up in the dressing room wall. (laughs) Yeah, because they definitely cared. I backed Derry as well to have a great year. So you were... were, I I think we've all kind of... We all kind of felt like it was coming. I I think that game against uh, Donegal, we did get beat that day, but I did think think everybody kind of... Says we, we we should have won that day, and we left one we yeah. left one behind us in Ballybuffet. Um, and I think that there people did start taking notice after that there, and there was a lot of nearly expectation going on the following year. Um, the league still still is hard to get over. Um, last year, can I can uh, I hold you on that one because you said you didn't have a great league, but like you'd won. You bet down by seven. You beat Cork by nine. Offaly by twelve. Clare by nine. And it all kind of comes to a halt then in the last minute in the hide. Do you want to run it? Like, that's still sticking in the craw, is it? Yeah. Uh, I was annoyed looking at it. Uh, it's, a, it's, it's a tough one to let go now, to be honest with you, boys. Um, look. A free goes against you and you get sent off, right? Yeah. Whereas the free could have gone the other way. Yeah. And we, the, first, the first yellow wasn't the yellow either. Yeah, the first, the first yellow was... I, I didn't even take much notice to the yellow, the first yellow, um, and then I watched it back, and then I thought it was, it was extremely harsh too for a yellow card. It was yeah, the first nice. game, um, and then I came down to the last minute. It was a draw game, and we were in the break, um, and I think it was Brian Stack. Oh, uh, nothing against him. He, he just he he took me down, and um, he obviously didn't want me to get up the other end of the pitch to get on the end of the scoring chance, which is fair enough. I probably, I would have been expecting our defenders to do the same if the, the shoe was in the other foot. But I would like to have seen the, or thought somebody would have maybe caught it. Um, yeah. One of the officials um, didn't pan out that way. We, we ended up getting a, getting a free on that attack. But unfortunately, I was given it was, a line. It was in... 
I would say it was in your range, like it was on the 45, a left footer. Yeah, it was on the on the 45 and it was a left, a left footer's breeze, as they as they talk about. Uh, uh, I would have backed myself to to tap it over, to be honest. Um, now, drew that game and then the following week, it was the Galway game was ultimate decider and I missed that game too then. So I was adding insult to the wounds then. But, but you know, it's just saying, if we, if we were looking at him now, that, that was... A frustrating end to the league for you guys because, like I said, the previous year probably yeah from around the, the Donegal game with Bally Buffet, which very it was a brilliant game it was one of the best games of that championship it was a pretty dour at the time but you were so close to winning that and the way that season was structured that you didn't get a, a second chance and you could see the frustration for Derry but you could see you guys were coming along and, and you kind of start the league like a house on fire last year. And okay, yeah, that the Ross Common game is a bit of a freak moment. How, how that finishes and and the Rossies and Galway end, end up going up, but you could we all could kind of see, and I think it wasn't it's not just us. And I think you could see across the board that that Derry were going to be a force in this championship. Whether it was going to be enough to win an Ulster championship with with Toronto as the other champions in it as well, you just got a sense that what Rory was doing and what you guys were doing, there was a momentum behind the team. You could see, like you're, you're talking about the crowd, you're talking about the atmosphere around Derry football, you could see something was coming. And we we speak about it so often on this podcast about when teams get momentum, you're always chasing it. And when you have it, special things can happen. And you just got the sense with Derry that, okay, you didn't get promoted, but you were going to have a cut off this championship. And you kind of announce yourselves across the board with what you're doing Healy Park um, to the All Ireland Champions that day, and you kind of think, right, um, Derry are serious here now. And you go on and have a brilliant win the Ulster Championships, incredible, blow Clare away, and end up getting to the All Ireland semi final against Galway. And in terms of, okay, the game doesn't go for you as, obviously as, as you'd like, but in terms of, of a breakout year for Derry, you're thinking that's a pretty positive season. You know, it's very hard to say it's not. What does next season look like for you guys? Because now that there's added pressure now, that you're not under the radar anymore. You're the Ulster champions. You're in a competitive division too, obviously with Dubs yeah. and Kildare coming down as well. Have you guys spoke as a group about, so you had your medal night there the other night, have you spoke as a group about what are the targets? Have you yourself going to set your own targets for, for 2023 and a big year for Derry again? Yeah, well, I think... First thing is we need it. We not get it. We we need we would be looking at promotion to be honest with you. Um, yeah. I think promotion division ones. The main thing we have to be looking at first. We want to be yeah. we want to be down at the top table, and you need you need at least at least to be in division one. Um, if you want to be serious about things like, and you would want we don't want to become a UU club up and down in division one, division two. You would want to be. Definitely getting into Division One and then staying there for for as long as you can. Like, um, I think the momentum you could get from getting promotion out of Division Two and then into the into the championship will be massive. Like you said, Dublin and Kildare will be and a few others. Um, there's everybody will be back at it. Cork the new management team, the, yeah. the rest of the teams in Division Two will be. Will be no slouches, but I think obviously the the two that you mentioned there, Dublin and Kildare. Um, I think we've got Dublin at home and Kildare away. Yeah. Um, so we would like to be get, get a rattle at them, to be honest with you. And I think if you can get promotion out of Division Two, then then the seasons like you talked about momentum, it's hard to come back. 
um, you would be you would be in a good place um, momentum wise if you got out of, got out of Division Two. Yeah, you can see it is it's obviously Rocky's got in with Mead as well. They're yeah. looking to to do something to kind of come out of the pack. If you're looking at the favourites first, it'd be yourselves, like say the Dubs and Caleric. Colin Collins were cleared if they're knocking on the door as well. It's a re- and Cork new man. It's, it's a really, really competitive yeah. division too, which is great. And we, we always say it: the league is the best competition. <laughs> it's uh, yeah, the, uh, the games every week. It's ticking fast. All right, the conditions are usually shit, but that is a fascinating thing that to look in and see. You know, we asked at the start of this season on the pod who, who are going to be the, the, the breakout teams. You know, it was Dublin Mayo was Kerry for a decade. And those teams are kind of starting to creak and they're going, well, who's coming through? Who are the next teams? And it was the likes of Aderi, it was the likes of Galway, what Joyce did. And I think next season is even more competitive. Yeah. You know, who can Derry keep that show on the road? Because there's a pressure there now as well for you guys. But like I said, there's two or three other teams who are going to try and look, nearly take inspiration from what you guys did in 2022. Um, and it's, yeah, it's going to be fascinating to watch it. Yeah, definitely. Um, like you said, it's probably me too, to be to be honest with you. And they could have beat us in the final game last year. Um, look, they're 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 a quality outfit. And like I said, the five or six others. Um, it is going to be it's going to be interesting. Um, I'm actually looking forward to it. Uh, uh, they are the games that you, that you want to be playing on. But oh, yeah. again, you still want to be playing the likes of Kerry Mayo. Um, so we will be we will be looking to. To get promoted, um, we'll, we'll make, we make no bones about it. How different is it, um, looking forward to a campaign like that off the back of a year that you just had, as opposed to maybe what it was like when you when you first broke through? Because, like, I remember maybe at the start of the decade, Derry were seen as a team that were a strong league team, and they might fall away maybe in championship, and they were runners up to the Dubs in twenty fourteen, and then there was a couple of lost years where the county just slid. And I'd say that kind of coincided with when you came onto the panel. Did you make your debut in 17 or was it 18? Uh, 17, yeah. 17. And then are you Division 4 at that stage? Division 3. Okay. Division 3 at that stage. Um, and a few, they would say that uh, the Slat Neil boys, it was just the way things um, were panning out. We had a real good, we were going well in the yeah. coaching at that time. like, And we weren't... Um, stepping on there's the the league had already started by uh by the time we were getting back into the way of the county things which didn't help things you had five or six uh, um of the starting team Chrissy Brandon Carl Podrick Cassidy um Paul McNeil was there and thereabouts so I was I, I wasn't right fair in Derry too because they weren't they, they didn't have their their full cut at the squad um but like you said it was it was hard to step back into that there, especially when we were going so well with the club. Um, and then you were going back to Division 3 and Division 4 and look, it's not where you want to play. Um, well, it's not where I wanted to play. Um, it's all right, Chad. Nobody, nobody wants to be down there. <laughs> I, um, uh, it's just the way it is. Uh, but uh, thankfully now we've got... Um, better um, organisation in place. I think Rory has been a, a massive part of it. There's no there's no two, way, two ways about it. The the standards that he sets for us now um, and expects us to be at when we're expected to come back into the, the, the panel, um, uh, it's pretty high. 
But what was what was the difference that he brought? Say from the start, I always say when there's a when there's an, an appointment of a new manager, like you get one chance to seriously make a first impression with the group or like set the standards from a straight away from a, a point of view of the players. Like you're looking at this fella going, can you change our fortunes? And like he obviously did straight away. But what did he do when he came in to to set those standards? What was the main change? To be honest with you, well, the, the thing that struck me and they they said it there. Um, uh, in the past, uh, Rory talked about in his first meetings. He he talked about Derry Derry won in Ulsters and hopefully won in All Ireland. Um, and this was when we were in Division Three, and everybody's just hmm. everybody's just looking at him. Have you not have you not seen Derry football this past three or four years? And he obviously <laughs> um, he obviously seen something. Um, honest. Um, he, he makes a good joke about it. Uh, Kieran Mina. Uh, Rory's assistant. Um, he says he had sold him down the down the garden path with what he what he had told him. Derry Derry was like because Kieran was in us uh, in it with us the previous year before Rory had stepped in, and he had painted all oh, these boys are are brilliant. Uh, the whole setup's good and all this here. And Rory says himself too. Um, he didn't know what he was stepping into, um, but. From the word go, he, he, that's what he talked about. He said he, he wasn't here to, to play in Division 3 and 4. He, he was here to get Derry back one in Ulster Championships um, and the Division 1 and see where he go from then. And that, that that's, well, part of it's true now. Um, yeah. So you're just hoping that um, you can build on it now. He told us himself on the football pod last October, you could tell that Derry was in his eyes and in his sights. And he... He obviously had Tyrone, the All Ireland champions, in that first game, and you could tell. Uh, I don't know what it was the draw was made by then, but he was he was looking at us. He was a man possessed on the sideline that day. He all were, he uh, all were, but the camera kept going to him, didn't it? Yeah, that was uh, classic. Luck to be I, and it was after just after the league had finished, and we had three or four weeks to the Tyrone, but for them three or four weeks, that's all it was. It was just Tyrone, Tyrone, Tyrone. And how much did it help? Like. The manner in which he lost Donegal when we we all felt like you, you could have had them that day and you probably should have had them. And then the manner in which your league campaign kind of came to a halt. Like in those four weeks before the Tyrone game, did you use that? That kind of hurt and that did you were you able to turn that into a positive? Because you were like men possessed when, when Tyrone came to I, To be honest with you, it was probably it was probably the best thing. Well, not the best thing that happened to us, but after Meath, um, Rory gave us three or four days just to step away from things, um, uh, but of well downtime, and then we went into a pretty intense training period. Uh, to be honest with you, and after that, there we we just we just we just knew nobody nobody was going to beat us in that first game. Um, nobody had nobody had trained harder than us. Um, I believe so anyway. Um, n- nobody had done as much. W- work on to on a specific team. It was just then four weeks of four weeks of complete Tyrone. Um and we were just we were just obsessed about beating them. Um and thankfully it, it paid off for I don't know if I could have I don't know if I could have done another Donegal day um to be honest with you. Um, it was pretty low after that. So we needed to make sure we were we were going to win this one. Yeah, we were saying Shane and it was it was a brilliant performance in the games. Obviously, going to the Monaghan game and then the extra time against Donegal and the Ulster final, where he's just 
It was. You look back, it was good. That was a team that just was not going to lose that game. And you, you know, we spoke about Tony Gall separately and kind of issues they might have been having. But we had a fear, and I'm not sure who you guys responded to, that it was such a massive win for Derry to win the Ulster Championship. First time since 98. The way he's done it as well. Like it was a total, Ulster Championship, a hard championship to win, but the way you guys did it, we were kind of getting a sense was, was that success for Derry now? And how, what was the approach going to be to the All Ireland series? Or was it going to be, we're kind of happy enough now, and whatever happens, happens? What was the reaction of? Because it was such an emotional victory to win the Ulster Championship. How quickly did you just get back on the ground? Because you have a brilliant quarterfinal performance. You get a good draw against Clare. Yeah. Spade, Spade, like. But what was the, the aftermath? And when did you sit down as a group again? Because we've seen some great photos. You were sitting down a couple of days after the game. You probably weren't talking much about the All-Ireland series at that point. But when did you refocus? And what was the goal at that point? Was it, let's try and win the All-Ireland now? Or well, to be win honest, a bonus territory? Well, to be honest with you too, you were looking at the other side of the draw and it was Kerry and, du- Kerry and Dublin were in the other side of the draw. And yeah. at that time, Galway were a Division, Division 2 team like us. Yeah. Um, but obviously, we didn't do ourselves justice um, the day in Owen Big that they, they wiped the floor with us. Um, but back then, you would have thought you've got the easier side of the draw. So it, it was, I, I definitely thought we have a chance of an all iron final here and you have a chance of an all iron final God knows what happens on that day. Yeah. Um, again, we went into a wee after the Ulster final. Uh, we went into we would train hard again um, before the Clare game and then tapered things down. Um, and then I think after the Clare game, I think everybody kind of saw again. Um, we were we were taking it serious. Um, yeah. We we weren't just going to be there, happy with our with our Ulster. Um and then went into Galway and obviously we know what happened that day. Galway were the better team and 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 beat us rightfully so that day. But um we we had total belief um that we were going to get to the final that day and and get a good chance of an all Ireland. Can you remember much of that Galway game? Because I I don't think anyone could have called that game beforehand. It was so 50-50. Like, yeah. no one could have said how this game is going to go. But, like, can you remember being in the game and feel it getting away from you? Like, you had a good start. And then yeah. second half, they kind of, they got they got the goal, I know, at Comer. But, like, you were in the game. You could have, you could have easily well, won that game. 3-0 up after the first quarter. 3-0 up. And yeah. I, I missed a couple chances in the first half. Um, uh, I missed a free and one from play. Um, and... Brenton and Connor, I think maybe missed another couple too. I think we, I think we should looking back on it, we should have been five 0 up before Galway. Yeah, Galway got on the board before they even had an attack. Yeah, yeah, before they even had attack, and I think that kind of let us down. Um, come the end of it, but then, like you said, after twenty five minutes, it just they're the games that kind of annoy me most. You know, the ones that just seem to pass you by. Um, yeah, like I would rather. I was there, everyone shout. I would rather be at least getting my hands on the ball and kicking the ball away, but the, them ones that the games that you just pass me by, they're they're annoying. And that second half just seemed to just pass me by. Always just seemed to be in total control of it. Um, every time we attacked, they just broke us down easily, and they were just um, they were winning a lot of easy frees on us. And Shane Walsh was just unerring that day and off right and left um, on on the frees, um, and they were just. Taking over at the scoreboard, kept the scoreboard taking, and then you looked at the stage, and they were, 
five 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 up when you're like how's this happening like yeah there was like a sense all- shade if, if we're looking in I think we all said it Derry and, and what Rory brings unbelievable organisation your fitness your, every player absolutely you could see it from the stand knew exactly what was required their job their preparation was off the charts but there was always a bit of an inkling and, and you being kind of Derry's marquee forward and you're a, you're a sharpshooter. We only bring sharpshooters on this show, Shane. We don't bring any fucking defenders on. <laughs> but, but but there was a sense kind of that for Derry to go from Ulster champions to ultimately, and I know this is where you want to get to, to be all Ireland champions, that there needs to be a, um, maybe a bit more risk in your attack and play. Or the, the next stage of Derry's development, because it is the, the journey to get to the top. And, and the obvious, the, the most famous example is maybe Donegal under McGuinness where they're, they're quite defensive at 11 and then they they kind of expand a little bit while keeping all the good stuff that they had and they win the All-Ireland at 12. What is, for you being the marquee forward in there, is that, how does that, how does that impact you if, if a team is being perceived to be really, really defensive and you have to, you have to defend as a forward. There's no, you can't fucking get away from it, unfortunately. But how do, how do you think about that in the game or, or is there kind of conversations around what you might try and expand on next season? Or yeah, um, I think I think teams were catching on to this, and the and then the goal we did, they, they had her, they had her, her number yeah. that day. Come the second half, they the way they set up, I think we did probably come a bit too predictable with the running game, to be honest with you. And I think it is something that we can work on um, going into going into the next year. Um, that, that 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 bringing more of a kicking game and a more direct ball. Um, good news for you though as well, obviously. Yeah, you're, uh, you're is, to, be, to be honest with you, Rory's already had conversations um, with me of how he sees um, sees us going forward um, and where he wants me and, and different positions. It's not on too um, in depth at this minute, but yeah. yeah, he's already thinking about how we can get better because like you said if we if we stand still and if we do what we did last year ultimately again it's not yeah. going to be enough um so to be to be fair and to give Rory his dues he, he sees where we can go forward and what we can um improve on i don't think it's massive changes too that we need to make um i think any team now you look at any team they're defending with 14 and 15 maybe where they're defending at in the pitch is something too that we can kind of um, kind of work on on the turnovers maybe a bit higher up the pitch um, but Rory's already got, into, got an idea into his head of how we can go forward and how we can maybe make that that next step um, to get into an all-iron but you're right Shane and it's kind of a, a myth and a million art if we can get out there around like Forwards have to defend. We had a very successful team with Dublin, obviously, but there was numerous times in every big game where we had 15 lads behind the ball. It's just the nature of modern Gaelic football. Like Kerry, you look at the Kerry in the final against Galway, it's the same thing. Barbara, people laugh maybe about Clifford the odd time stays up, but where he gets the yellow card. Clifford was on the yellow, yeah, he have to get back. That's just <laughs> the part, part of the game. It's, it's not easy, but. All the best teams have to do that, but it's it's then like you're saying, and I'm absolutely no doubt Rory understands that he he knows that himself. 
it's the transition when you get the ball back, how fast you can get back up the pitch. Yeah. Um, and you're right, like our view, reviewing the semi-final loss to, to, to Galway that you just didn't get that in the second half. You were frustrating Galway absolutely in the first half, but that kind of slower transition trying to get back guys back up the pitch was was an area that you're right. If you're not, teams at that level, they're watching every single thing. They're so well prepared. They know what, what you're going to do and having that kind of plan B or a different style of play with a bit more risk in it we always say it is, is probably the next step for, for a team that, that that being really solid and being well organised gets you to a point but if you're talking about I know you guys are about trying to win in All-Ireland that there needs to be that element of, of risk in, in the game but the, the idea forwards have to get back in the field yeah. unfortunately that's what I mean and Jimmy are retired from Inter-County he's just staying up shooting now I nearly throw the boots on again but uh, unfortunately not yeah I, I, exactly look I think I think we can always go back to that. We we have that interlocker now. Um, we yeah. know how to how to set up, and if it is seeing out a game, if we are lucky enough that we can, um, or five or five or six points up, we know what to do. Um, I think we've got that um in our armor now and in our artillery that we can sit in fifteen and camp in behind the ball if we need to see out a game, but we need to make sure the fifty minutes before it. We, we can change it up and not be as predictable as we are. When you're preparing for a game, Shane, right, would you, like, obviously you are an unbelievable team and like your team ethic, teamwork, right, everything is unreal, but say from a personal point of view, would you set yourself targets in-game in terms of even how many scores you want to get from play or how many shots at the post you want to get or how many off-the-shoulder runs? Like, Would you have personal goals in-game like that? Yeah, to be, uh, to be honest, and it's something our strength and conditioning coach has brought on by Peter Hughes. Um, he's uh, making sure that, well, he's on to a lot of the forwards, but he's on to me specifically about setting goals um, for for games. Um, I want to get, I want to be the top scorer of every game, to be honest mm-hmm. with you. Um, I see myself as a scoring forward, um, uh, whether it be from freeze or open play, um, as long as the ball goes over the bar, I'm. The cow freeze, dude. Or freeze? Do freeze count? Okay, I, I don't get this here. I don't get this. <laughs> they never gotta go out to freeze. Only if they're no more than thirty-five yards out, they count. Jesus, hadn't the stats. Sure, Tommy's counting mar- points from a mark as a point from play. That is a hundred percent. Mark is a point from play. It is. It is the no, skill. The game is tough, but say. For your target, right? Say you're you're on it now. Are you looking at four points from play? Would that yeah, be? I'd I'd like at least four points from play. Yeah, yeah. like that. You kick four target. points from play in any championship match. That's a good day. Yeah. A great day. A great day. Yeah. But it keeps you it keeps you mentally sharp during the game as well because you're never drifting out of the game. Yeah. Like you might you might only have the ball for a minute combined for the whole over the whole match. You might only have the ball for a minute max. So like you're you're thinking in your own head for the other sixty nine minutes. Um, four Stop points from twenty five shots. I <laughs> <laughs> was literally playing with Berno. <laughs> I scored four points. And the score the ratio is about eighteen percent. Would he trophy wide, Berno? Would he? Ah, he, he would. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he wouldn't. He wouldn't. He wouldn't say sorry for it. <laughs> <laughs> Shot was on, and his four lads hanging out. But look, all the best ones are like that. But all every. Isn't that the toughest commodity to get in 
in top teams is scoring forwards. Like every oh, county is looking for the hardest thing. Yeah, that's hardest because thing. everyone they're not coached anymore. Like you need to you need to give certain fellas creative freedom to go out and and kick and shoot and express. You know, it's it's so important. Did, I think. Stay did you brief. see? Did you see the list for the top scorers in the Mayo Senior County Championship this year? Uh, Evan well, Regan, or was it? Evan Regan, the county's nutritionist, yeah, is top scorer. Andy Moran, retired about five years, is on the list. What? The, like it's actually Paul Towie is actually the only counter county senior panelist I think in the top seven or eight. They're, like it was a low scoring championship across the board, yeah, but it just shows you that. It's not being encouraged, you know. And I don't know whether Derry football yeah, is like that. Mayo. Is Derry football like that, Shane? Like, <laughs> you have, you obviously have had some unbelievable pull the trigger to <laughs> All Ireland Club finals over the last couple of years. Uh, you felt short against Doctor Crokes. Would you been playing Crokes, in yeah. seventeen? Yeah, yeah, I was playing seventeen. That was that was Gooch, wasn't it? Yeah, which was last. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a tight game, wasn't it? There was a red card in that, wasn't there? I think it was low uh, scoring, one nine yeah. one seven. Scrappy enough, yeah. You got a man's enough in the first half. Uh, we were we were flying in the first half, and Podrick is up in the county panel too. Uh, we would well, we would talk about it all the time. Like he, he, he punched was, Johnny Buckley. Yeah, he was he was on. He Johnny was on, Buckley deserves it. I tell you, on route for man of the match. Like he had already scored one one, and it was something. I was silly like what he did, and he would say it himself. Like, um, and it was was he just wired? <laughs> it's hard. Like the the club ones. Losing a game like that, Shane, is so hard to get back. Whatever Interkelty and you know, you know, there you're going to be in the mix again this year. So you know, you get a chance to revenge. But losing a a massive club game like that, we had a Bridget on Gale talked actually. Rory was playing for our boy club, Saint Bridget, yes. and on Gale talked. We bet Jimmy last weekend bet bet our club in the All Ireland semi final. Bridget never got back ever. You know, there's just that sense of regret. But but to be in the, there on Paddy's day in the All Ireland final. And, Something like that happening, you know, the lad gets sent off or rushing both to the head. And, it happens yeah. on, on, the, on the days of the final. Do you remember Castlebar Mitchells were in the final as well? Yeah, and, uh, yeah, Feeney. The first Black year, Black first year of the Black And there was no substitute. I think he was gone for the rest of the game. Uh, yeah. It was like like 10 it wasn't minutes, 10 minutes that was, and it wasn't substitution. That, was just See, that, that Black Card rule was one of the worst things that ever happened. I was injured one year playing club and I came on in a league final on the 51st minute. And I was wired and I was hyped up and I was back off for the 50 second minutes. Told you about this. Yeah, yeah. That's what happens. So, I should, too I should emotional, go, you see. You're too yeah, emotional. Yeah, no yeah. subs, gone. Ego. It was disastrous. We Ego won after extra right. time. Um, it was division two. Shake, let's ask you one, one more question. Right? I'll leave Tommy back in now. Chrissy McCaig, right? I'm, I marked him. I was sent I was sent to forward for Kerry and Killarney. We played Derry. And he was so tight, physical, <laughs> aggressive. Like you are he's a horrible him every night. Yeah, he oh, is. Like, oh, you are here most nights. How yeah. good is he? Like, is he top of the pile in your opinion, or where do you where do you rank him? Yeah, um, I've never. I have people ask me who's my toughest marker, and I would just say Chrissy, to be honest with you. Um, yeah. Whenever you get get thrown under him, you know you know what you're in for, like. Um, He's got it's nearly it's nearly and he takes it as an insult or if you would get a score or anything off him, like it's it's nearly like the end of the world. It's just a complete <laughs> it's just a complete obsession of Isn't the mentality, Shane, isn't it? 
That's uh, yeah, I him, like, watching yeah, him, you can see that Simon's like that with us. You kick a score off him, he's fuming, like fuming, absolutely fuming. Uh huh. Um, and Chrissy, to be honest with you, I was I was over the moon with uh, with him getting his all star. Like, um, I, I was honestly never as happy because he's dedicated his life to the sport. I swear to God, you wouldn't believe the the work that he does and the things that he's that he's done. Um, so to see him get the all star, um, there's never a man deserved it, de- yeah. deserved as much. I think, I think McCaig was uh, was a cert. There was like always going to be a couple of dairy boys in the mix this year. I know you were nominated yourself. Yeah. Glass w- had a brilliant year too, but I just feel like McCaig, everyone just felt right that he's, was awesome. he's, he's just awesome. been brilliant, yeah, yeah. yeah. And yeah, Rogers was in the mix too, obviously, but yeah, uh, cracking, cracking stuff, unbelievable year. Uh-huh. Um, Slock Neil haven't been having it all their own way in the football over the last couple of years because a certain other team has come on the scene in Glen. There's a right yeah. rivalry after developing there over the last couple of years. Um, uh-huh. I think it, w- it was tight this year, but they've had a, they had a big win the year before and you, you held them off then for a couple of years before. They've been coming, Glen. They have yeah. been coming. Yeah, they've been coming. They won four um, provincial Ulsters there. Uh, minors in a row right um, and they, that them boys now are all 26, 27, 28 they're at the right age like and they've brought yeah. brought that whole crop through I think the main thing that probably has tipped them over the age now is is Malachy um, uh, Malachy is he's been unbelievable for them and them okay. few years that they didn't have Connor too yes. I think when Connors came back he's He's just brought them on uh, leaps and bounds too. Like, did it take him long to get back into the groove? Uh, I, uh, I did. I remember him. Uh, it was that COVID year we played Armagh, um, yes. and he was only off. He was only off the plane, um, and I already told him he's going to play midfield uh, <laughs> against Armagh. It was maybe a month or so later. Um, and it did to be honest with you uh, I remember his first tuning which is to, to be expected like I think Connor had said himself he was a bit fumbly and um, he had to get used to the tackle and I think he was still <laughs> thinking he was playing all his rules at times <laughs> yeah uh, with, a few <laughs> with a few of the tackles but um, I think Connor's biggest strength is um, his ability to learn and listen uh, he's humble enough to know what he needed to do and he just took everything on and you can see you can see the animal that he's become now. Did you did you make it to the Ergo Kieron game yesterday, Glenn? Ergo yeah, got up to it. Yeah. Cracking game of football. It was, it was a brilliant game. Um I think Glenn Glenn always looked like they had goals in them um in the first half. Yeah. They were, they were, They're they that were, kind of team, aren't they? Yeah, they have like Ethan too up the county he's just He's just a ball going his runs. He, he's hard to stop, Jack, too. Uh, they had runners coming from everywhere. But Ergo, it's the most I've seen Glenn, not panic, but in baller. Um, Ergo had a lot of work done on them, too. Um, and they were causing them serious, serious baller. And I think they could maybe be aggrieved with uh, a couple of decisions, too, um, that went against them. But, Don't say uh, the goal. What? Uh, the goal. Uh, they'll have to change that rule. Goalies are protected species. You can't touch a goalie. I think uh, that goal well, was... and even well, even the the I, I, I thought the square ball maybe it was actually the square ball at the end. At the end. 
for me. Yeah. I, I didn't think it was a square ball, but I saw a couple of referees come out and say because the player, even though the players didn't touch it because they're in the square, they affect the play. So I didn't know that. I thought it was the player. Well, well, I, didn't I, I didn't know that. I didn't know that. There's no way. Glenn's first goal. Shoulder to keeper at that shouldn't be a goal. Could not happen the clucks. Could not happen the clucks a couple of years ago. Quigley. Quigley put him over the line. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. you couldn't You're touch like, Cluxton. You can't do it. How many times you can tackle a goalkeeper? You, you couldn't touch Cluxton anywhere in the field, never mind the six yard box. Whoa, 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 whoa. whoa. That's blasphemy there. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> no, I thought that, that was lucky for Glenn, but then you're right. The chances to butcher a couple at the end. Uh, yeah. <laughs> going through. I mean, Connor, I don't know what he's trying to do with the last one. Uh, this uh, one but, uh, walking under the net, maybe. That's a big win for them. Yes. Yeah, uh, they'll get like momentum again, as you talk about. I think yeah. well, coming to the other side of that, big. Was it, was it Kilku only bet them after extra time last year? Kilku beat them after extra time, and it was. Uh, Ulster final. Out of, uh, that was semi final. Oh, semi final. Okay. Semi final, and it was a mistake too. I think um, they got Kukui over over the line. Um, I'll, I'd expect much and much of the same game. To be honest with you, with the way yeah. Kukui and Glenn both set up. Um, I'm back uh, in Glenn for the hard. I don't know after after this talk up. Secure <laughs> <laughs> after getting the finger out, but looks like they were strong. They were. Kind of trudging through down, but they what? Yeah, but to get all the way, the way to get all the way back again is very hard. Croaks. So it's yeah, but, down the Leinster. Shane, it's easy down here. Just try it down here. I, I think Glenn. I think Glenn will win it now. After you saying that, win the All Ireland. Yeah. Remember the show. They're they're very impressive. Off and, no, it's not great. I don't think I don't team. think a monster team. That'd be a nice year for dairy football as well. Now, if they can win an All Ireland uh, club title, even though it's not Schlock Neil, but. Yeah, the Galway crowd will be be tough to beat. Glenn, yeah, Kilku, and Kilmacud. Yeah, Shane, you you said you said you're looking forward to next year already, right? Um, I'm sorry to go back to another loss, but in the yes. same vein that the All Ireland Club champions Kilku bet Glenn by you know a couple of points after extra time last year, Bally Gunner bet you boys in the hurling in the All Ireland semi final. Uh, only a couple of points in and obviously Harry Ruddle produces that moment of magic in the All-Ireland Club final and Bally Gunner finally get over the line. Like that's a club that I've had one coming as well. It's hurling now, Jimmy. <laughs> Do you want to switch off there? I'll log off there for a second. <laughs> Come back to you in five minutes. <laughs> you, you, <laughs> you've an Ulster semi-final this weekend with Stock Neil. The, the, the football and the hurling doesn't stop for you. No, it's, it is a, it's an all-year thing, uh, to be honest. Uh Thankfully, I was locked. I wouldn't have it any other way, to be honest. Uh, really? Yeah. Uh, um, I'm buzzing to be back um, with it now. I think we've been knocking on the door long enough, too. Um, we we see this as a good opportunity. Well, look, we have to deal with what we have to deal with. Our Port of Ferry first, mm. and then Denoy are in the final already, which will be too. To, they, they won't be they won't be easy tasks but like you said if we if we're serious about things we need to start looking at um um getting to that next stage we haven't got on Daniel iron final yet um we want to obviously be there someday and hopefully this year yeah this year will be the year well best luck this weekend um one last question on the hurling because I don't want to bore James here but you, you say I you're preparing hurling. I don't know why you're after throwing me under the bus here <laughs> I love the All-Ireland Hurling Championship this year Jimmy <laughs> huh? 
Who won the All Ireland this year in Hurling? <laughs> you had to think about it. Limerick. Ah, good man. Very good. You see you googling there. Stellar performance as well. <laughs> Kill K- oh, Limerick. <laughs> What's it Cody's like? Cody's not the Kilkenny manager anymore. Did you hear that? Who? Cody's not the Kilkenny manager anymore. <laughs> I know. He's managed Kilkenny for years. Brilliant, Cody. We are football snobs in this pod, to be fair. We are we are football snobs. But one last question on the Hurling Gin. You, you know, when you're preparing to to go out into the pitch with Derry as a marquee forward and you've got goals in your head to score four points or, you know, nail your freeze or whatever else about it. When you're going out as a six, and we give Paddy Andrews a good bit of slag in here because when Pat Gilroy came into Dublin, he was moved from the forwards to centre-back to corner-back. All to, the best players can do it, though. That's the right check. Exactly. <laughs> what, what's that mindset like? Is there a mindset shift when you're... <laughs> Total football. <laughs> uh, to be honest, like you, you learn from the markers you come up against too. To really, be with, and the football, uh, the different read tricks, um, uh, and the dark arts that they talk about. Uh, so it's just something completely different too. If you get me, um, and there is more of a sense of a centre back too, a bit of more freedom too. Um, you obviously have to mark your man, and then there is the you get a drop off at times too. Like so, it is just it's, it's just a completely it's a completely different game. Um, What's your uh, favorite dark art? <laughs> oh, that's not shameful. Refs, I listen to this. Uh, they're locked away. <laughs> but, but, it's funny. That's fair enough. If I was going back now, I'd I'd rather be a back. No, I football is played now. If you were saying wing back, back. You know, wing backs run the game. Wing back, I the, it doesn't matter. I was playing cornerback when we were playing fifteen or fifteen. Like I knew I was fucked. You had the good Stephen O'Neill. You've ten lads beside you. As we talk, we we tamp Gareth about it. Like, uh, he, yeah, the kid is the easiest job. Nobody to mark, and he could just bomb up the pitch. Yeah, he yeah. likes the dark arts. He's some footballer. You can write a book on him. I'd say so. Yeah, no, he's at some point impact this year. Um, I have a couple of quick fire questions for you before we wrap up. If that's all right. Yeah, a couple of more random. Um, couple of them will be easy to answer. Uh, your favorite pair of football boots? Adidas. Okay, a specific type? No. Um, uh, X is eighteen point one or nineteen point one. I've worn them for the last five or six years. Okay, and they've yeah, been serving well. Myself. Well played. Yeah, that's fair. Um, do you prefer hurling or football, and why? Oh. What? Why? Like, why? What? What's the difference between poking a schlitter and kicking a ball for you? Uh, there's nothing better um, getting down with a bag of balls to the pitch. To be honest with you, there's just there's just nothing like it. Uh, I love it just to clear my head and everything. Like I just love getting down to the pitch and shoot scoring on your own. How much how much of a warm up would you knock out before going kicking thirty balls, or would you go straight into? I'll do a bit of a lock. I'll do a bit of stretching or or whatever. Like, but then I just we won't tell Rory Shane. It's all right. You can. <laughs> you're young enough, like when you're below twenty five and under, you can just go out and kick. And we'll uh, just start getting all these through a forty five minute fucking warm up. Uh, Activation, right? Blue band, yellow band, black band. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah. So kicking, kicking football. Like, do, you, do you have a particular routine? Are you doing? Are you kicking your freeze? Or are you kicking from player? I would I would break it up. I would do first whatever my the balls twenty balls or it it is just getting into the kick emotion. I would just I don't care if they go wide or whatever. I would hardly even look at the post. It's just to get the legs well listened out. And then I go on to freeze. Then I go on to 
open play and then marks from either side and then I would set my my freeze up and really get try and get the, the scoring accuracy as high as I can. Scoring okay. How many how many shots are you looking at? Well from the freeze I would always go for twelve from twelve. That's what I always finish with twelve and twelve. Okay. So you how many is say in your kicking session, how many shots would you end up taking? I could that could be well over a hundred like really would you? I would. I could spend. Well, I would. I would get one big day in of over a hundred balls a week. Yeah. Jeez, a hundred balls is a lot. You'd want to be left and right. Toenails to be falling off. I know, like, but like, it's not a chore anything for me. Yeah, just just not, just nothing but better. Like, yeah, yeah. I mentioned my crack for us. A quote from Mike talking about it. He still does it. He still goes into the pitch with a bag of balls and he's in his 40s playing club football. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Um, can the split season work as a man who plays hurling and football 365 days of the year? Is it working? Can it work? Yeah. Is it working, uh, yeah? I think, I think it is working. I think they can maybe improve it a bit better too. Um, they can maybe look to stretch the season out a wee bit on both turns but I do think definitely it's it's the way to go okay last question if you could change one rule about Gaelic football what would it be oh uh, goalies getting tackled in the square goalies being allowed how can a goalie how can a goalie come up the field shouldn't be allowed up the field and kick freeze <laughs> be involved in the game but then when they when they enter this magic box they can't be touched absolutely scandalous rule we were asking Shane there anyway. Shane, your answer, please. Apologies, Shane. Like the Jimmy on here. Uh, I would say maybe, uh, as we talked about, they would maybe look at the pulling off the ball and not sending off the wrong man. That's fair enough. <laughs> what about what about fisting a point? You have a couple of rules. Oh, oh, there's. Uh, I've I put up a tweet of. Oh, it's come back to bite me too. Oh yeah. But it one day. Uh, when I was well, I wasn't too young, young enough boy. Uh, about how a criminal defense it was to fist the ball <laughs> over the bar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that boy scores a championship or fist the points, lads. And I think he, um, uh, you better not be slagging me on Twitter, <laughs> <laughs> definitely not. Definitely not. But fist the point, oh, when you're that close to goal, you have to go low. Yeah, <laughs> just if you're coming out on the angle and you've no pace, you have to fist it over. That's what you used to always get me like. But like it would make for way more creative finishes if everyone had to go for a goal in that position, like or kick it over the bar. If you well, if you bust it over the bar um, under Rory, you be you might not play the next day. Yeah, yeah he doesn't like it either. He's big for oh, goals. He, he hits it. He hits it. That's great. That is brilliant. Because yeah. usually a manager is like, take the safe option, get the point, look at the kick out. Oh, snooze fest like. I saw him. He said too. He asked me what's the thing he's brought on Rory two years. I think it's evident to see goals. I think he's yeah. yeah. Uh, I you were knocking out three goals a game for. Uh, no. I know, and was even the morning game. He battered me one day. He, we were watching it back, and he he told me, "Why did you not go for goal then?" Like, and when I thought what the point was on, um, but no, when the goal's on, you you, you could you have to take go it. for. You could see it. Said, you could see it. You killed that game against Clare as well. Like you were going for goals straight away yeah. in that game so 
Yeah, very impressive. Shane, it's been great getting to know you in the football pod over the last little while. Thanks so much for joining us. Very best of luck with Stock Neil over the next couple of months, hopefully. And yeah. with Derry in 2023, it was class watching you rise yeah. this year and, and see what you did and all the energy around you. So well done. Thanks, man. Fair play, Shane. Fair play, Shane. Thanks for coming Thanks, on. Man. Congrats on a great year. Thank you, boys.